I'm David and welcome to In The Growth Space. I'm so glad that you've joined me for this episode. You know, it's really so great to be with you once again and also to learn from leaders who've gone on their own growth journey. And today, I am talking with a CEO of a wealth management company that has over $2 billion in assets managed. That's $2 billion with a B, $2 billion in assets managed. No small feat. And not only does he have a great story, but one of the things that really attracted me to have Reagan Wagner on the show today is that he's in a family business and works with his father. And if you know my story, I did the same thing early in my career. And I, I, I built and I, I sold an insurance agency with my dad. So I have a lot in common with Reagan, and it's, it's really a great conversation. And we talk about a number of things. We talk about working in a family business. We, we talk about uh, the, the five pillars of his business that his dad created. Those are really great, and it's really great to be able to have uh, pillars or, or foundations, fundamentals, sometimes I call them. And there's really an interesting part uh, of our conversation about common themes of high net worth individuals. It, it's, it's really fascinating. And I know that you're going to really enjoy that. And, and this is a great conversation to learn from. But before we get into that, let me just take a quick moment to personally invite you to the Inner Circle Summit that's coming up really quickly. It's coming up next week as this airs. Uh, so Tuesday, December the 13th is the day of the Inner Circle Summit. And if we still have seats left, you don't want to miss being in the energy of this room this year. You know, we have an international group of facilitators to take us through elements of, of being well so that we can lead well in 2023. You know, too often we don't take the time to sit and think and, and to really be in community. And so this is your opportunity to do that. You can go to www.davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 2022 for more information. I'll make sure that that's in the, the show notes as well. And if you enter the word podcast into the coupon code box, you'll get our podcast listener pricing. All right. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation with Reagan Wagner right now. Well, hey, Reagan, uh, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Um, thank you for, for being here. Welcome. Well, hey, thanks for having me. We, uh, uh, I appreciate it. I always look forward to visiting with great people and I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's my pleasure. You know, I, I think where I'd love to start this conversation, um, you know, you, you're, you're, you're CEO of a wealth management firm and your family business, you, you work with your father. Uh, I have uh, uh, a, 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 an affinity for that because uh, I worked with my father for nearly uh, 20 years. I know we, we talked uh, before we started recording. And um, I'm just kind of curious, how has that been for you? How's that relationship been with your father and, and working with him? And, and maybe how has it shaped your, your growth journey? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I mean, you worked with your father for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I just passed, let's see, officially 20, uh, 20 years as well. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's either the, it, it can present its own challenges. Um, but to be honest, it's been the biggest blessing uh, in my life was to, it has been to, to work with my father. Mm. Uh, I worked for, I worked a corporate job for a long time. And before I made the move into finance, and uh, I started looking for mentors. And you and I've talked about this, we share a mentor yeah. together. Yeah. And, um, 
and I was looking corporately and I was looking internally and all the people that I was looking at, um, I didn't take a real step back until I looked at my father and went, wow, all the people that I really want to be like, I have one, <laughs> I have that guy. He's, yeah. he's already in. Um, so I've been able to do, I've been able to work with not only one of my best friends, mm. um, but really the mentor who kind of guides guides from the front and pushes from the back all at the right times. And, oh, uh, and, and, and really it took my wife to kind of open my eyes up. Um, mm. We were, uh, we were, we were married and gay or we were engaged and then we got married and she said, well, you know, what do you, what do you really want to do? Mm. And uh, yeah. cause I was in corporate working all the time. Sure. And uh, I said, you know, I, I kind of want the family. We want the family that, that he was able to do. And so mm. Yeah. Uh, she kind of gave me that push and uh, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, it's allowed us to focus on our, on our big tenants. I mean, you know, uh, you and I've talked about our big tenants were yeah. faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun. And, but it's really allowed us to dive in deep with those yeah. and, uh, and build not only the business, but the family that, that we've wanted. And, mm. uh, and it's all from getting the opportunity to work with my father. That's so cool. <laughs> um, it, it, there had to be a mutual level of respect, right? Because sure. it's different. At yeah. home, it's father, son, right? Right. Uh, at the office, uh, when we took on parallel roles as 50-50 owners together, um, after a couple of years, uh, uh, we were able to merge our companies together. Mm. And that, um, you know, it, he, we both have to humble ourselves with our ego uh, and figure uh, out that, that we need to work together. And that's uh, not only has that helped us together and build our relationship even closer, mm. but it's just helped us in business too. Mm. Uh, that whole servant heart. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and how, how has that helped you um, just lead? I mean, cause I know you said you, you brought the two, two companies together and that dynamic then what has that brought then to the companies, the collective companies now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when he started the company in 81, it was primarily insurance and mutual funds. Uh And um, when I left the corporate job, I said, you know, I don't want to sell insurance. Mm -hmm. He said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to start a wealth management company. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, we don't really do that yet. So (laughs) um, you're going to have to figure that out. So I started (laughs) another company and took out some loans to get it started. You know, the the struggles of an entrepreneur, right? Sure. Sure. Um, and by the grace of God, that company grew and it gave me an opportunity that, uh, when we could merge, uh, after a few years, I, uh, I said, he and I got to talk and he needed some continuity planning. Uh, we also needed to move to the next level of company and mm-hmm. it made good sense for he and I to join together. So, uh, we merged those companies together and what it did is it brought, it brought the, um, the experience of a tenured veteran in the field of sales and insurance yeah. and that kind of thing, along with the fiduciary obligation, the fiduciary standard of wealth management sure. and investment advisory. And it really made, made us whole hmm. because now there weren't parts. Yeah. Now if a client or an advisor wanted to work with our organization, they could yeah. kind of pick their path. So mm, we could truly cool. do what was right um, based on every situation and we didn't have to. We didn't have to go try to sell a widget or sell a company. It was yeah. we can be our customers' advocate. We can be an advisor's advocate. Mm-hmm. So it really made us a whole company instead of just a part. That's that's really amazing. I I, I love that. And and 
Um, as you, you know, you talk about being your, your client's, you know, advisor, and I'm, I'm assuming then that you take on the fiduciary role in, in the wealth management. And, and I guess, how is, how is that different then? And because I know there might be some people listening who don't understand that the fiduciary standard. And I'd love for yeah. you to explain that. Yeah, that's, that's a great, uh, that's, that's a great point. You know, I take it for granted because I deal with it every day. Sure, sure. So in, in our industry, there's several ways to affiliate with a firm. Mm-hmm. Some of those are, uh, are commission-based and what we call the representative side. And on the representative side, they have to do a suitability standard. So they do uh-huh. what's suitable, mm-hmm. but it can also, it, you know, it does, it's not a fiduciary standard. And the mm-hmm. difference there is it can be suitable, um, but on the fiduciary side, um, they don't necessarily have to be your advocate. Uh, so it can be right for you, but they don't have to go advocate for better pricing or better, okay. um, you know, a better widget or a better what's it that's going into your program. Yeah. We're on the fiduciary standard. Our obligation is set higher where we have to walk alongside of our client. We have to, we disclose fees, we disclose structure, we disclose mm-hmm. where everything is, how it is. Not only does it have to be suitable, it has to be right for your plan. We have to have justification for why that program, vehicle, everything that we're touching is inside of your plan and, and have that extra level of justification. Yeah. And, and also know that if something's going to, it doesn't have to be the cheapest thing on there, right? Sure. But it has to be the right thing the for right. you and what you've identified out as your goals. So it's a higher obligation to me. And, yeah. we've, uh, and we've been that way for uh, but we, we, I tell folks, we've been doing that since before it was cool, since before they, put, <laughs> right. since before they started putting it in ads. Yeah, right. Uh, we didn't even know you could advertise it. We just thought that's what you were supposed, to, supposed do, to do. But yeah. uh, evidently, it's a marketing tool. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, it is. I, I think uh, it's it's great to to know that di- that differentiation because I know that um, oftentimes we get for lack of a better word, pitched by, you know, a financial advisor or, or what have you. And I think it's really important to know, you know, that standard, because that standard really means that you're in my corner and you're fighting for me. And it's not that you're just trying to sell me something, you know, that is a mutual fund or what have you, if it's not right for me. So uh, I, I thought that was, I, I, I think that's a great, um, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I, mean, no, no, I think that's the, the only reason why uh, uh, I've seen I've seen any success is because mm. I'm probably our worst salesman. <laughs> um, there's uh, <laughs> I've talked about this. I've talked about it from from several spots. You know, uh, I, I struggle with the whole sales process. I don't like sure. to be sold. Sure. Um, it, it drives me nuts. I'm, I, I like, I, I'm fine buying if sure. I see value in it. Um, so what we work towards is making sure that everybody's got two or three options. Here's two or three different ways to skin that cat. Here's, yeah, sure. here's, here's multiple options. Here's what they cost. Here's how it works. Yeah. You choose the one that's best for you. Mm-hmm. And that really puts me on the side of the client really puts me on. Mm-hmm. I can really be their advocate because we can bring different companies in. Mm-hmm. We're an IMO or we have all the alphabet soup of terminology. So we have all the mutual mm-hmm. funds, all the, Okay. investments. We don't have to go. None of that matters to sure. us, as long as it's right for you. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you alluded to it a, a minute or two ago when we were talking about your dad and, but your, 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 your basic tenets, the five F's 
faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun. Where did those come from and, and why are they so important to you guys? Yeah, so they so my father and um, uh, Bob Wagner and then one of our other founders, Joel Swinehart, who's retired now, but uh, back in the 80s, the, they started the five Fs and, 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 and we kind of digressed away from that for a little while and used core beliefs. Mm -hmm. And what we realized were those basic tenets. If we were truly to be servants and we were truly to serve our clients and the advisors that work within our group, uh, we really needed to get back to those tenets. And mm -hmm. it was faith, the religious faith is a personal choice. Yeah. But you have to have faith in the people that you work with. We're, I mean, mm, you and I've yeah, talked. We're sure. a largely Christian firm, sure. Um, yeah. But we're not going to force feed that on 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 folks. Um, mm -hmm. We're believers. They just have to be okay with it being on our letterhead or being sure. on our emails. And as long as that's there, then that's good. Sure. Um, family. You know, my wife told me I was a better person when I owned my own business than when I worked corporate. Uh, and then yeah. I get to work with my father, uh, my best friend. So mm. it really made it it really made sense to do that. Mm -hmm. um, finance, obviously, we believe you have to be financially strong. You have to affiliate with financial firms that are strong. Um, so, I mean, that's where we talk about our size and, you know, our organization, we manage a little over $2 billion in, in advisory and brokerage wow. accounts. Um, we have 50 some odd advisors in our group. We're in multiple states and, yeah. and that's important to us. Um, yeah. Fitness. So I'm a little light on physically fit, but I'm working on it. Our mentor <laughs> right. Paul is is working with me, right? Is he getting on uh, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all my case, man. So all I'm right. working on it. Uh, I'm trying to get better physically. Uh, mentally, we try to stay pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to stay on board there. Yeah. Um, but we do like to have fun. You know, it should be That's a drag. Awesome. You know, yeah. you're talking to folks yeah. with, with their financial stuff. It's already tense enough. You yeah, know, the leading causes of divorce or infidelity and divorce and, or, and finance. Mm. And so folks are really tense when you start talking about budget, how much sure. did you spend on X, Woo. Yeah. you know, so, but, so you got to make it fun. It's got to be an enjoyable conversation because some of the subjects aren't right. So we have right. to like each other and, uh, and, and that's important. Yeah. Well, and I know you work with uh, a lot of high worth, uh, high net worth in individuals, and I know you've even got a, a private client group. And I, I'd love to just maybe have you share with uh, the audience some of those common themes that you see in those individuals, maybe from like their habits, their their mindsets, and 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 things that have gotten them to that place, because. I think that so often the leaders that I work with, they, they, they aspire to, to, to gain wealth. They aspire to, to grow in their, in the, even in their leadership and their, their, their mindset. So I'm kind of curious if, if you've seen any like common themes as you've worked with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're the culture expert, right? So, I mean, you really work to, to help folks understand their culture and how to drive that home. Uh, to build into great leaders and which is which is phenomenal for, uh, work that you do. Um, you know what I see from from an out from the financial perspective working with the high net worth and the private client folks on a regular basis is the drive and focus mm. are off the chart. Mm. You know they they not only set who, who their target market is. So now we get into a little bit of the marketing piece, right? But sure. 
they set up who who is their audience, whether they're selling a widget or whether they are providing a service, they know who that who who their target is. Okay. And then they are relentless hmm. with the pursuit of that target and that drive and the focus with how are they going to do it. And yeah. then uh, they have that um, I guess the right word is a is they have perseverance. Uh, yeah. Um because you know, especially young, young leaders, young businesses getting started, you know, you get punched in the face. Yes, yeah, right. You know, yeah. it's, there's nothing more humbling than starting a company and then going and asking somebody if they'll give you 10 minutes of their time to share with them what you're doing. Right. I mean, you just, no, yeah. don't have time. Sure. No, I don't have time. And then you find out that the ones closest to you that you thought would be your biggest advocates aren't. Mm. And the ones that you thought would be um your biggest naysayers are a hundred percent in your corner and yeah. i think those those high net worth folks in my private clients they have that relentless pursuit of mm. their vision and they have yeah. a really well-defined vision and mission and how they drive to go get it just on a i mean daily i mean yeah. it's, it's These, almost an obsession yeah yeah no i that's that's awesome i mean i think that well and you used another word too focus and i think that the the thing the thing that i see with high achievers especially is they know how to focus out everything that's not you know in alignment with that that vision and i'm i guess i'm i'm asking you know do you see that as well with your high net worth oh, clients yeah 100% i mean there's so much there's so much uh there's so much out there that pulls our attention right yeah. from our phones to to social media, to people, to everybody else's fire. Yeah. And what I really see in their focus is, is the ability to understand that their fire might not necessarily be, you know, someone else's fire might not necessarily be their fire. And that's sure. okay. Yeah. If, you know, if they're not able to solve that person's problem because it's outside of their purview, it's outside mm -hmm. of that. They're focused, um, they're focused on their mission. Yeah. Um, I think you use a word in one of your trainings um, that's being very, and, and I love it because I, it just resonates with me, is being very intentional with what you do. Yeah, yeah, very much um, so. They, they are very intentional with how they do it. It wasn't by, you know, there are some that happen by luck, right, or sure. just by right place, right time. But for the vast majority, you know, that's a one percenter, right? For the mm -hmm. vast majority, it's very intentional, focused. Mm -hmm on that outcome. And I love that, uh, that, that that's one of your big tenets is, you know, how intentional are you in what you do? Yeah. And I think that's, that's what you really see that resonates through with these folks. And do you see too, that they, they just know how to say no to things, you know, better than others. I mean, to me, I would think that you have to, especially at that level, you, you're going to have all kinds of opportunities coming at you. And then just, you, I guess you're going to have to get good at just saying no. You know, that screening process at that level is pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, just to get into just to get into a meeting with that with that person yeah. takes a referral in or takes somebody that is already connected to allow right. access. Yeah. And so not only I mean, so not only from that perspective, but you think about it at that level, everybody's needs a donation. Right. Everybody, every charity needs something, every yeah. person needs a job. 
all of those things come in and they can't they can't do everything so right. there's a there's a heavy heavy filter to say no now you know that comes with having good people too most of them sure. hire a handful of really good people that can help outsource or deflect some of those things before they even come in mm -hmm. you know, those yeah. gatekeepers are important yeah for sure for sure what do you um what do you see as if, if you look at their you know their mindset and habits and 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 the apply it to you know some some of our younger listeners i, I know i work with a lot of uh emerging leaders and and the, although those, I don't define those as always young, uh, because there are emerging right. leaders who, who you know, maybe this for the first time they're being a people leader um, and 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 getting maybe a promotion. However, um, I know there are younger listeners to um, to the podcast, and I'd love to just kind of hear like what are some of the things that either you see in those private clients, or maybe even you know just from your own experience that. Um, younger listeners need to be thinking about in their quest for, um, for, for, for growth, for, you know, their finances and, and really thinking about that aspect of maybe, and maybe it's retirement too. David, you're going to get me on a soapbox. We could be here for two hours. That's right? great. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm setting it up for you. Here's your, yeah, yeah, you're you're going to get me on a soapbox here. It's going to be bad. So I'm going to temper it a little bit, but uh, you did give me some time constraints. No, you know, with, with the young leaders coming out and people, young entrepreneurs or even in, in not by age, but just by experience coming out. Yeah. in in working on their own many people believe that it's an eight to five gig yeah. and i think first they have to get in their mindset especially starting out you know they look at successful folks or they look at like some of my clients and well they're only working three days a week or they're only working four <laughs> days a week but what you didn't see were the 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 three years that they work seven days a week, 20 hours a day yeah. and leverage their house three times to make that work. You know, right. you didn't see that you, yeah. you're seeing the end result right. of that work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that's, that's one that you're working for yourself. So mm -hmm. you've got to wake up every day hungry yeah. and you've got to wake up no matter, no matter what's in the bank, you've got to wake up mm. ready to go because yeah. you represent when you own that, you you have to understand that you you embody that every single day mm -hmm. not just monday through friday it's not like you're yeah. you're representing some company that you can turn off on the weekend i mean when you go to that yeah. ball game you're whatever your company is that's right yeah. when, you know when you go when you represent you each and every day yep and if you're not embodying that and that and there's stress around that because mm -hmm. some days you want they, they want to have that relief those young folks have to understand that that drive has to be there. You have to kind of follow some tenants on finance because you get those big hits and, and you want to spend it all, but they forget to put back to have some hold back. They yeah. forget to pay their, they forget to pay their taxes yeah. because now, you know, you still have to withhold taxes. So they don't have money held back. They didn't put money back for their taxes and now they've spent it all and they get out to the end of the year and they end up having to go into debt or something yeah. worse to try to get that paid. Yeah. So we work through a process with those younger folks of, hey, take take a percentage and put it back mm -hmm. for taxes. Take a percentage and put it back for hold back so you can operate the next month. Yeah. And then take this percentage and live on that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. One of the things on the financial side that we that we work with the young groups on is making sure that that they understand that the engine is their business. They have they have okay. to focus on the on the business. And if you take all the fuel out of your business, which in a lot of times it's capital and resources, mm-hmm. you you've taken the air, you, you're not going to, that engine's going to stall. Yeah. So you have to keep feeding it, especially, and when you're running, you've got to run. I mean, yeah. you know this, I mean, when you're, yep. when you're seeing that ball spinning and you've been pushing it up that hill and now it starts to go downhill, people want to go into a shade tree. No. And that's the time where you've got to just follow it down. You just run, yeah. run, 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 run. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's a, those are huge things that folks have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindful of when they're getting their business going yeah yeah what about what about even just preparing for um you know for retirement like how how important is i you know i i'm i i've talked to a, a lot of younger people and and i think i wish i was as smart as some of the younger people that i've talked to <laughs> recently than than i was because i mean some of the some of the younger people right now are really getting started putting money away in their roth ira mm-hmm. they're really doing some things like that which i think is so important and i guess you know if you were to you know talk to that younger person how important is it you know to to take advantage of you know that compounding effect from from youth well, I mean, the time value of money is so important. I mean, what a 20 year old can put back, I mean, some yeah. perspective around that, you know, a 20 year old could put 50 to $100 back that would cost me, you know, five or $600 a month mm-hmm. to just emulate what they're putting back and they wouldn't even sure. notice it in their current budget. I mean, the time yeah. value of money, you have, you, uh, they need to understand the rule of 72 mm-hmm. interest divided into 72 tells you how long the money should, how long it should take that those funds to double. Yeah. So if you put it, if you're earning 6%, it goes into 72, 12 times and every 12 years, that money mm-hmm. should be doubling. Yeah. And that's that power of compounding. So if they're uh-huh. young and getting into that, whew, they yeah. could, it, it makes their life a lot easier than when you're in your forties and fifties trying to figure that out. Yeah. Because now the dollar amount is, you know, almost 10 times what you're having to do in your 20s to sure. try to match that same retirement goal, just trying to keep apples to apples. So yeah. anything from tax deferral, tax deferred growth, like the Roth, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. is a great opportunity because they're going to get the tax deferral. Sure. They're going to have that long-term growth. If they need the deductions, they can always do traditional IRAs or 401ks or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but being mindful of, of kind of three phases, they want to stay liquid. So you need to have enough money in a liquid account that you can access. Then you need to look at, at tax deferral. Do I need tax deductions today or tax deferral? Mm -hmm. Um, because you want to think about accumulation in your income plan as well. So those two phases, accumulation and income, and then on the income, how am I pulling that money out? Is it going to be taxable when I retire? Is it going to be tax-free when I retire? Okay. Or is it going to be a capital gains? And mm. then balancing those. And if yeah. you do that effectively and you start that process, the younger you start that process, the easier mm. it is. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I just said yeah. it was easier, easier. Yeah. than waiting 20, 30 years to do that because I have time. Yeah. And before you know it, you don't have time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, if I'm going to switch gears on you, so kind of the other end of the spectrum, because another uh, another group of people I know that do listen to the podcast are 
business owners and founders who maybe on the other end of the spectrum who are maybe transitioning their company, transitioning out of their company or transitioning mm -hmm. to the next level of, of leaders, uh, the next generation of leaders in their company. What are some things that you feel are really important for them to think about as they make that transition? Yeah, you know, continuity planning and succession planning are, are very important and understanding how to rebalance because chances are when we're at that stage of life, we've got assets and we're in a position where we need to understand how our, our overall assets are laid out personally. But also if we own the business, how are we truly going to to um, pass that business on to somebody? Are we going to sell it? Are we going to do an earnout? How do we want to structure that that benefits or complements rather our retirement plan or, or uh, they call it exit exit planning, sure. um, continuity planning, succession planning. I think the older we get into business, it should happen when we're younger, but we don't really think about it until we have sure. kids and yeah. <laughs> and we're on the other end of that. Uh, we're on the other end of that curve or we're at the yeah. top of that hill. Yeah. Um, then we start thinking about, wow, you know, what happens if I die? Who's yeah. going to take care of all of those things? You want to have all of that blocking and tackling mm -hmm. taken care of. And if you're on that other end, then it's how do I get my assets aligned correctly? How do I build my succession plan? with, you know, with taxes, with risk management, with future income all planned out so that one, that transition is smooth. And two, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are my yeah. next steps? Um, because we see that in, uh, in, in retirees or, or very successful people like that you deal with, mm -hmm. um, they retire and then they don't know what's next. Yeah. Right. And because they're high achievers, very successful, we need to be contemplating that what's next. And, yeah. and if they're with the right group, right financial people, the right coaches like yourself, mm -hmm. you're going to have those conversations with them. We're going to have those conversations with them. OK, so if this, then what? Right. Well, I mean, you can only plant so many flowers in the garden. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, what's that next for you? And if that is your next and that's what you want, then by all means, that's there's nothing too. wrong with it, but understand it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of pride and ego too. So one thing that yeah, I counsel true. our folks on is if, you, if you're transitioning that, you have to allow that successor to fail a mm. little bit. Yeah, they have, that's to, good. they have to taste a couple of those decisions that just bite. Right. Don't let them sink the ship, but let them make a, you know, they need to make a decision that, that, you know, might not work, Right. but let them make it and let yeah. it bite a little bit. And then they'll, they won't make that again. And then you can have a good conversation about it. Yeah. And then that'll help them learn and grow, but it'll also force you to kind of remove yourself from always being pulled back in. Yeah. Never yeah. truly being able to let go of that stress. Well, that's, that's such great advice. I, I, I know that um, it, it just, it's so hard when you've been the, the founder of the organization, you, you've built everything to the place where it is, and then you release the reins, so to speak, and, and you, you let the next level leader or the next generation leader make some decisions that you know just is probably not going to go so well. But I, I guess the, the frame of mind, as you just said, is 
is use it as a teaching moment, as a, as a learning moment for them so that you can help give them confidence and um, yeah, really I mean, build because it. we're all going to make mistakes, right? Of course, I mean, yeah. Leaders, I mean, we're all going to make those. Yeah. Um, but if they're never allowed to make that because you're you're protecting each one of those and they will never really learn how to make some of those really tough decisions on their own yeah. because there's a mental thought process of going through what are the risks of my decision mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. you don't always get the opportunity to make a decision with all of the data yeah it's true so you, so you have to understand how to infer how to how to take what you're hearing and and, and run it through your own filter yeah so you get that um get that internal feeling you know is that a goosebump what's your <laughs> what's that inside telling you yes what's that gut what's that gut feeling you gut know instinct, the old jack yeah. welch philosophy what's you know mm -hmm. what, what, what's in your gut what's it telling you yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well reagan um how do you how do you grow your business what's the like what, what's your secret sauce i guess you know as you think about building and growing you know the national financial alliance and and, and your team even i do you have you have some kind of secret sauce that you uh <laughs> you use to grow <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i'm very fortunate in that most of our growth is surrounded with good people uh, yeah. um i think the number one thing that you can do as a leader is surround yourself with people smarter than you <laughs> yeah. uh and, and and i've been very fortunate in that um and that I have some great folks that work with me. I have, you know, my father still works uh, with us some, and uh, he works right. uh, uh, you know, four or five days a week um, and runs our insurance side still. So then we have uh, Kristen, who's uh, been my business partner for 17 years. So she's been here a long time. Yeah. You know, those folks, and then the, the staff that we hire and bring in, that's, that's really critical for our success. Hmm. Um, I, I stay at a state of, of constant unhappiness with my own personal performance. Hmm. So I try to not allow myself. Now, that's a blessing and a curse, right? Sure. And, you you yeah. know, from some of the studies that we've masterminds Absolutely. and things like that. So, I mean, I do the yeah. masterminds. Uh, you know, I'm my business coach is Paul Martinelli with yep. the EL. Yep. So, I mean, I get this all the time is, hey, you know, you got to enjoy some of that, too. Right. And I'm, and I'm not discounting that. But I think what what I continue to work on is I have to look at me first, because if something's not going right, it starts here. Yeah, um, it's not a it's not a blame game. It's not why didn't so and so do that? It's mm -hmm. what it, what could I have done as a leader mm -hmm. to have prevented that from happening? Mm -hmm. So I stay pretty, pretty constantly dissatisfied with my own performance. Uh, regardless of the outside, regardless of of what that projects. And I think from a leadership standpoint, for me, it's understanding when to push and when to pull mm -hmm. and trying to find that right balance. Um, many years I just sat back uh, and uh, and that's actually how I met Paul and, and got in with uh, John Maxwell's group and yeah. Howard Living and got to meet you yeah. was through that um was through needing to develop more as a leader that was out front because mm -hmm. most of mine was showing what, what we could do. I was a technician, ah, okay. so uh, technically sound. That's why I got in the high net worth. I was really good at saving money and building and doing those types of things. 
Yeah. Um, but my advisory board was like, Hey, we need you out in front sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I needed the, I needed the help. So it's constantly sure. learning mm. is really important. Um, you know, I get to meet folks like you who are very successful and I take those nuggets. I take sure. those nuggets that y'all teach and mm. I, and I try to implement, I don't try to implement 50 things. Yeah. I try to take one thing and, mm. and implement good. that. I try. And then, uh, even like the the book studies that we did with Think and Grow Rich and sure. as a man thinking, you know, you know, what's one or two things that I could take from there and right. actually do? Yeah, because by nature we're lazy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I get well, and and I think that that's the power of having other people around us. And I, I guess maybe for my last question, I'll just kind of throw this out there to you. You mentioned you know the mastermind and the power of the mastermind. What has that meant for you? And, and, and maybe why did you actually join a mastermind uh, to, to begin with? Yeah, you know, um, really, it, it's, it's, it's that relentless pursuit of trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's surrounding myself with people that have been there and done that and, um, and have that same goal. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking for a safe space. I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, how many clients can we generate from this mastermind? It's not really what, it's not what I was seeking. Um, what I'm seeking is, is folks that, that really can speak into what's going on in their businesses and their world. And then I can internalize that and see how that impact, how, how I can use that learning, that experience, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's really hard it's really hard for someone to teach us how to do it if they've never done it. Right. And, um, right. You know, you've built a very successful business. Paul's built a very successful business. <laughs> if when you build those, then it's a lot easier to, to say, Hey, you know what, this is here. Are the, here are the three roadblocks that I ran into when I did X. Yeah. Okay. That's going to have a different take than somebody who has never done anything, but just read e-myth and it's telling me how to do what gerber told them to do right i read the book you know i got it i got i got that yeah yeah Yeah, thanks check that one off too i knew what he said too (laughs) right Uh, i want to know practically how we did it how we did it yeah and i think from the mastermind standpoint that's really what i get out of those is being Mm -hmm. able to sit in those groups and as we talk through those different issues of just life and business and the in the culmination of the two it really helps bring out those nuggets of, ah, that's how we could do that differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I could change how I say these three things. And this has this much more impact on my employees yeah. and my team. You know, if I just did this, mm-hmm. you know, if I just put a logo up behind me, that would be better. <laughs> that right? would be better. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? If I absolutely. just did yeah. X, it, but see how all of this comes from those masterminds where it's mm-hmm. just, one or two nuggets but um they've been a value i've been part of different ones for about 10 years but um the ones that we've been doing with uh, started with jmt and then went to uh paul's the empowered living uh those for for us have been really good and for me and uh, Mm -hmm. we've had some of the folks speak you and i've talked i mean there's there's things that we can do that um together with like-minded individuals that are really really awesome yeah. because we can just learn from each other yeah. and grow together. And that's what makes it fun. I mean, it does. no one's, no one's looking to gin a ticket. No one's looking to make a sale. Every, right. How do we help one another 
exactly. become the best people we can be. And now that's exciting. That's something I can get my arms around. Yeah, me too, Reagan. Well, Reagan, I, I got to just say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I appreciate uh, you coming on and just sharing your wisdom, sharing about your organization and, and just your growth journey, because uh, I know it's going to add a lot of value to uh, our listeners. And, and I'm, I'm grateful um, just to be able to have the conversation and, and, and really hear you know, the, the, the growth path that you've been on, because um, I always like learning myself and, and I, I love the, the mastermind. And I guess I'll, let, let me just ask you one, one last question. I'll, I feel like I'm Columbus. <laughs> just one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> Uh, is there anything that you didn't get a chance to share that, you know, you'd like to with the, with the listeners just to kind of put a bow on our conversation? You know, for, for us, um, for us, it's about service. And I think once we, once we got our arms around and really dove into our big tenants, mm -hmm. we realized that through our faith, you know, Christ served us mm. And he died on a cross for us, for, for me. And not everybody believes that. And that's your own, that's mm. your own, uh, that's their own prerogative, but that's sure. where we line up. Yeah. We had to get out of our own arrogance and ego to understand that we are here to serve others. Mm. And it took me a while to learn that in this mm. business. I was so busy telling people what to do. I was not truly listening to what they wanted to do and needed mm. to do. And, and it took getting deeper into to our faith side and really understanding our tenets and our personal beliefs that we are here to serve and we are truly servant mm. leaders in what we do. And when I made that choice for me personally, it not only helped our company grow, mm. it helped our family, it helped so many other things that just getting our number one focus right, yeah. um, it helped build our organization. So if I have to leave mm -hmm. that, whatever that is for them yeah. and your audience, um, for us, it was service. How do we truly serve? Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the single most important thing we did was get back to our beliefs of Christ in following and serving and truly being a servant leader for our clients, advisors, and our team. Ah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you, Reagan. I appreciate you being on today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. God bless you. I'm so excited for what you have going on. Uh, and I wish all of your listeners well. And if there's anything we can do to serve you, we will. Thank you. Well, I really loved this episode, and I always like to recap some key points of our conversation here at the end. And, and as we move into the new year, um, I really enjoyed hearing what Reagan shared about the common themes and habits of high net worth individuals, uh, the ones that he, he works with anyways. And I, I heard him say that some of the common themes of high net worth individuals are just an intense drive and focus. They're they're super focused, and and I think that in this world of distractions, we have to learn to harness our focus. And so, if we can do that into the new year, um, we are going to just be able to excel at a whole different level. They they not only um, have an intense drive and focus, but they're relentless in their pursuit of their vision. So not only do they have a clear vision, but they're relentless 
in that pursuit. And, and I love that because so oftentimes when we get a roadblock put in front of us, we, we, we can tend to stop or we can just get sidetracked. And so being relentless in the pursuit of our vision is such a key component of growth. Not only that, but they persevere because just because they're relentlessly pursuing their vision, it doesn't mean that they're going to get it right away. Uh, they're going to have roadblocks. They're going to have hurdles. And so they have to persevere. They have to be persistent. So being hyper-focused, being very intentional, being very clear at their vision, and then pursuing it and, and being perseverant uh, is, is so important. The other thing that I really heard from Reagan in this conversation, too, was uh, some habits. There were some habits of high net worth individual uh, people. And, and the one thing that I heard was just a, a an intense hunger for success, not being satisfied for where we are right now, but being willing to put ourselves outside of our comfort zone and having that hunger and desire to learn and to grow and to to keep reaching for excellence. I love that. The other thing he said, and, and this is really uh, something I think that I know that I will be working on in the new year, and that is being financially disciplined. I think that the high net worth individual people uh, that he works with um, are, are very financially disciplined. They, they not only just feed their business cash, uh, but they also accelerate when momentum hits. So when they get the momentum, when they get the law of momentum, as John Maxwell calls it, they accelerate, they hit the accelerate, uh, accelerator and um, they really know how to um, push forward when they get that momentum. They also understand the time value of money. And I think if you're a younger leader listening right now, I can't emphasize this enough. Make sure that you are putting money aside um, in your retirement accounts. Uh, put money aside um, for that quote-unquote rainy day fund. Make sure that you are uh, putting money away and saving it and, and taking advantage of the power of compounding. Now, if you're a senior leader, uh, the other thing that I heard Reagan talk about was just the value of transition planning and succession planning. And you've you've heard this theme before here on the podcast. I know that we had a, a, another episode with um, uh, Denise Logan. And I'm not recalling right now the episode number, but uh, Denise Logan talked about exit planning and how to plan for your exit. And, and thinking about it ahead of time, because um, when, we, when we think about something ahead of time, then it's not a surprise. And, and it's really not just aligning our assets and our financial planning, but it's also about what am I going to do next? And I need to answer that question. You heard that um, from Denise as well. And not only that, but you have to prepare your next generation of leaders. You have to be able to help them to learn and grow themselves and, and frankly, allow them to make some mistakes as well. And, and I can say, you know, what better way to begin that journey than to join us at our Inner Circle Summit on December 13th. Um, and you're going to have an opportunity there to, to experience firsthand some emerging leaders who are part of the Emerging Leader Inner Circle and also some senior leaders who are investing in their succession planning. So if we do have seats left to the summit, um, you'll be able to get one at davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 
1-800-273-2022. And don't worry if you're, if you're driving or if you're on the treadmill or working out, we'll put that in the show notes. So just go to the show notes and we'll have that link there. But when you go there, um, be sure to plug in the coupon code podcast, the word podcast in all capital letters, put that in the coupon box and you'll get our podcast uh, pricing. Now, if you like this episode too, please do me a quick favor and scroll to the ratings part of your podcast app. On Apple, it's clear at the bottom. Just give us a five-star review and and share uh, with us something that you really enjoyed about this episode, about the podcast, maybe something that impressed you the most from, from today's episode. And if you're not subscribed yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And I'd really also love to be in touch with you in a more personal way. So every week I, I write an email to my community and I, I encourage our leaders and, and really help focus our growth um, each week on, on different topics. And in the show notes, you're going to see my website. It's simply davidmcglennon.com. And when you scroll to the bottom of my website, you can just join our email community. It's free and I'd love to have you be a part of that. So thanks so much for joining us today. And until next time, Keep growing and be well.